Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. but We all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter the Burner Less Lethal Pistol Launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, byrna.com slash Hannity right now, and you'll get 10% off. On the Job is brought to you by Express Employment Professionals. Express Employment Professionals is a leading staffing provider that employs nearly 600,000 people annually across more than 800 franchise locations in the U.S., Canada, and South Africa. Our long-term goal is at the heart of our company's mission, to help as many people as possible find good jobs by helping as many clients as possible find good people. It takes more than just online searches to land a job. It takes real people who will identify your talents. A person invested in your success. Express Employment Professionals understands what it takes to land a new position at a top employer or start a new career in today's job market. Express knows jobs. Get to know Express. Go to ExpressPros.com. Welcome to On The Job. This season, we're bringing you stories about people finding their professional stride by virtue of who they know. Whether it's breathing new life into an age-old profession, taking the reins in a family business, forging your own path with a new idea, or landing the perfect job doing something you'd never before even considered. Today, reporter Otis Gray brings us a story about a craft that is no longer as needed as it once was and a man whose job is to make sure it's not forgotten. Jim Ellis lives on Cape Cod, and with the help of a very unlikely apprentice, he works to pass along an occupation that was once woven into the fabric of our society. Over to you, Otis. I don't know. It's just that I think we're in too much of a hurry these days. Everything's too simple. Because i got to remember how the old-timers got us to this point wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. (laughs) So I drove out to Barnstable, Massachusetts on Cape Cod to meet a guy named Jim Ellis. He lives in this old historic looking house 
There's a plaque outside that says House of Ellis right on the porch, which is a family name here dating all the way back to the Mayflower. And when I walked into Jim's kitchen, he was sitting next to a pair of crutches and he was in a lot of pain. Oh, it's just sharp. It brings tears to the eyes. I've had both rotator cuffs repaired over the years. And uh, I think I tore another one for the second time. But uh, I'm going to have it looked at tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see what happens. In his line of work, a torn rotator cuff makes things difficult. <laughs> it's really, really hard. <laughs> but you can laugh about it. Hey, what else are you going to do, you know? It's either laugh or drink beer. That's cheaper to laugh. <laughs> Not an ideal injury, because Jim Ellis is a blacksmith. Is the rotator cuff a um, result of your work blacksmithing? I don't know. I think AGE has a lot to do with it. He just turned 81 that week. And in a world of fast-moving, high-tech jobs, some that didn't even exist 30 years ago, Jim is a third-generation blacksmith. I picked it up from my father, and he got it from... My uncle, and my uncle got it from Mr. Kent, who started here in the village in about uh, 1888, I think, in that area. And even at 81, Jim's still swinging a hammer any day that he can. Still at it. 111 years in the same village, doing the same job in the same family. I just, I love it. I love the old history. I I try to keep it going. (laughs) So today, with Jim's shoulder on the mend, We follow his story as he strives to pass along a craft from another time. Under a spreading chestnut tree, the village smithy stands. The smith, a mighty man is he, with large and sinewy hands. And the muscles on his brawny arms are as strong as iron bands. His hair is crisp and black and long. His face is like the tan. His brow is wet with honest sweat. He earns whatever he can. And he can look the whole world in the face, for he owes not any man. That's Jim reciting The Village Blacksmith, a poem written by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow in 1840. Jim has this poem hanging on the wall in his shop. This is where I first met Jim. I was driving around the Cape when I saw a brick building on the side of the road with a sign outside that said blacksmith right in the driveway. I pulled over and I walked in to find Jim amongst a sea of iron tools and hooks and chandeliers, iron everything, hanging from the walls, the ceiling, poking out of shelves and buckets. And tucked against the back wall was Jim sitting at a forge, a glowing furnace powered by a hand crank where he heats his iron up until it glows red so he can bend it and hammer it into whatever shape he wants. Like walk me through kind of a day, what your tasks are, what you do in the shop, everything. Well, that's kind of a, the, what I like about it. You never know what you're going to do. <laughs> I mean, people bring things in to be repaired, from weather vanes to any kind of antique stands, and, and I've even done antique picture frames. and stuff. And so it's, it's some stuff very intricate, like little wall hooks and, and plant hangers. And The other day I had to make a U-shaped piece of iron to hold a sign a guy wanted. And others just uh, bang, bang, bend it, and put a hook on it, and you're all done. (laughs) Just bending, heating up metal, bending it, shaping it. When a lot of us think about blacksmithing, we picture a burly guy at an anvil pounding away on a hot piece of metal. You might be picturing a sword or medieval times. And that's part of it, shaping a square piece of iron into something usable, like a blade or a hook to hang things. 
But what a lot of people don't realize is this is how things were originally welded, right up until the 1900s. Welding, as in taking two pieces of metal, getting them hot enough so that they melt, and joining them together. See, the, the hotter it is, the easier it is to move. A good welding heat is 2800 degrees Fahrenheit, when the iron goes past that cherry red color to a bright light yellow. The iron melts and literally begins to move. With electric and gas welders we have today, that kind of heat comes pretty easy. Now, years ago, they used to have to bring it up to that heat. That's how they did the welding. They didn't have electricity. They didn't have welding gases. They welded in the fire. So you got to get the iron right to that melting point and then hammer it together. By its nature, all of Jim's work looks old-fashioned, the way things used to be made. It's not perfect and smooth like most metal objects we see today. Most of the things around his shop have a rougher quality to it, and that's the way he likes it. A lot of people don't like to leave hammer marks. I love hammer marks. <laughs> As a matter of fact, sometimes I use a special hammer to make different marks in it. Why do you love the hammer mark? I don't know, it just shows that it's uh, hand-hammered, not done in a machine. Character. Blacksmithing is a job that's part of our cultural lexicon. Everyone knows what the job is, even though most people today don't know a blacksmith. Even in the 1950s, long after blacksmithing had faded from its heyday, it still topped the charts in the song Blacksmith Blues by Ella Mae Morse in 1952. That's because blacksmiths are a huge part of our human story. The blacksmith was pivotal in every village, town, and city dating back almost a thousand years ago when humans began successfully making iron tools. They fixed armor and made weapons, making them vital to conquest. They made farming equipment, axles for wagons. They were quite literally what held society together. Blacksmithing remained a completely necessary job right up until the Industrial Revolution. But with the invention of bigger machines, affordable tractors for farmers, and Ford's Model T car to replace the horse and buggy, blacksmiths quickly found their profession obsolete at the turn of the 20th century. Afterwards, blacksmiths specialized in craft goods, but much of the profession died away during the Depression and the years following. The craft itself made a huge resurgence during the 1970s as folks became interested in its history and its application to modern sculpture and crafts. But not many people do it as a full-time job like the old days. Jim is not an exception. Well, I try to make enough to keep the shop going. <laughs> but no, it's, it's pretty hard to make a living at it the way I'm doing it. Uh, but being retired, I don't, you know, don't have to plan on it to, for, my, for my income. But I do have to break even, at least. <laughs> in another life, Jim worked on nuclear weapons in the military and was a mechanic until he broke his back in a truck accident in the 70s. Now that he's technically retired, he runs his shop more like a museum than anything. Although I always have the fire going. I always have a piece of iron in a fire. People like to see the, uh, you know, the, the metal being forged, and especially kids like to see it put in the water and sizzle and all that. <laughs> But, yeah, we're just, just trying to keep the uh, interest in blacksmithing. How many more years do you think you have in you for blacksmithing? Uh, well, I'll keep at it as long as I can. So now, we're back where we started. With Jim's shoulders, he can sometimes do two hours a day before he's cashed out. But if you ask Jim if he's worried that all his knowledge of tools and blacksmithing stop with him, he'll tell you, not at all. Why? Because... He's got a pretty unlikely protege to carry on the tradition. 
I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, my name is Nora Bourbon, and I full-time, I'm a metal engraver and part-time blacksmith. I say unlikely because Nora is 5'2", skinny, and prefers to forge in a dress. Not the classic image you have in your head when you think of a blacksmith. Nope, nope, I'm very petite, little little lady. <laughs> Usually it's a big burly dude. Do you think other people find it weird that you do something like blacksmithing? <laughs> I think it surprises a lot of people, considering more my height and just how scrawny I look. <laughs> but I think um, people really respect it, and they think it's very interesting what I do. Nora has been learning from Jim for about three years now, and she enjoys not fitting into the stereotypical image of a blacksmith. Being able to prove maybe to young kids, like it is really nice to show that as an inspiration to younger people or smaller people that um, anyone can do this trade, even though you can swing a eight pound sledgehammer. Uh, you don't have to be a big person that goes to gym all the time or <laughs> something like that. This in particular shows that you really, anyone can do anything that they put their mind to. Yeah, she's she's doing wonderful. Yeah, she loves it. I was gonna smile on her face. <laughs> I've learned so much from Jim over the last just couple of years. And I've slowly done a little bit on my own here and there throughout this time this whole time. But I like the old process. I like the, the simple ways and um, I even make soap from scratch and I grow vegetables and I grow things in the garden. You're pretty old fashioned. Yeah, yeah, very. We'll get back to the story in a second. First, a word from Express Employment Professionals. A strong work ethic takes pride in a job well done, sweats over the details. This is you. But to get an honest day's work, you need a response. You need a callback. You need a job. Express Employment Professionals can help because we understand what it takes to get a job. It takes more than just online searches to land a job. It takes someone who will identify your talents, a person invested in your success. At Express, we can even complete your application with you over the phone. We'll prepare you for interviews and we'll connect you to the right company. Plus, we'll never charge a fee to find you a job. At Express, we can put you to work with companies of all sizes and industries, from the production floor to the front office. Express knows jobs. Get to know Express. Find your location at ExpressPros.com or on the Express Jobs app. And now, back to our story. <laughs> I, I, I love her renaissance spirit. She just likes to do things the old way. That's it. Uh, I don't know. It's just that I think we're in too much of a hurry these days. Everything's too simple. You got to slow down. Do it right. Do it once. You know, it'll last. Because I got to remember how the old timers got us to this point. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. Toiling, rejoicing, sorrowing, onward through life he goes. Each morning some work began, each evening sees it close. 
Something attempted, something done, has earned him a night's repose. Thanks, thanks to thee, my worthy friend, for the lessons thou hast taught. Thus at the flaming forge of life our fortunes must be wrought. Thus on its sounding anvil shaped each burning deed and thought. Being in gym shop, I couldn't help thinking about something I picked up as a job when I was in college. Sign painting. I learned typography and painted signs by hand for businesses around Providence, Rhode Island, where I went to school. It was a really tough thing to be even okay at. Like blacksmithing, sign painting used to be a very necessary job in society. Before computers and vinyl printing, sign painters would design storefronts, scale the sides of buildings, and paint mammoth advertisements and logos. It was messy, tedious, hard work. And today it might seem like a creative passion, but years back, it was a real, vital job that would feed families. It taught me patience, something I was born lacking a little bit. And as I felt the brush slowly glide over glass or wood, Knowing all the practice I had done before led up to this one mark I had to do in one stroke. There was a sense of satisfaction and confidence that I didn't know before. It's that feeling you get when you've done something right and you know you didn't take any shortcuts. Today you can drive around and see the remnants of old sign work. Faded letters wearing away on the sides of brick buildings like ghosts. Evidence of something from long ago. And the more I painted, the more I appreciated those disappearing letters. Something undeniably human, like a fingerprint, a record of how far we've come. Hammer marks. If learning an old job like that did anything for me, it was that it helped me appreciate time. For 35-year-old Nora and blacksmithing, it's the same. I, I feel that I need to hold on to as much knowledge as I can so that it can it can stay, stick around, and doesn't escape. I know I realize how hard the old timers worked. I mean, you know, listen to my mother, how she grew up on a farm, and the things they had to do before she went to school, walk to school, and uh, riding horses, and they, they worked really, really hard. How hard it was to put an iron tire on a wagon wheel. How hard it was to make a wagon wheel. Uh, all these things, it's just, uh, I don't know, it, you know, if you know that, I think it helps you get along in today's world, knowing what other people went through so you can be where you are. They helped you get there. Jim Ellis's skills and knowledge are part of our collective DNA as humans, and he plays a vital role in making sure that we don't forget. Jim is a craftsman. That's the job he's passing on to Nora. But more than that, to me, I think they're both in the business of gratitude, of passing along an appreciation. What do you think the future of blacksmithing looks like? I think it'll, it's going to be around for a long time yet. There's a lot of young people really into it. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be around for a while. Can't see it going away shortly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll keep, keep it alive. For On The Job, I'm Otis Gray. Thanks for listening and see you next time.
Thanks for listening to On the Job, brought to you by Express Employment Professionals. Find out more at expresspros.com. This season of On the Job is produced by Audiation and Red Seat Ventures. Our executive producer is Sandy Smolens. Our producer is Otis Gray. The show is mixed by Matt Noble at The Loft in Bronxville, New York. Find us on iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts. If you liked what you heard, please consider rating or reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We'll see you next time for more inspiring stories about discovering your life's work. Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.